don't you, why don't you pray with me? So now, great God, we need your spirit to blow through us, through the dry places in our lives. We need your spirit to move in our hearts. We need your spirit to move in our minds. And so here we are today, uh, open to what you have to say to us, willing to hear what your spirit whispers to us and how you nudge us. We need you. We need all of you through all of us. So we ask for uh, your presence to guide us right now. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, welcome to week one of a series we're calling The Wind. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about where this title comes from in a minute. You'll, you'll I hope, hopefully see why we called the series this. We're not doing a series on meteorology. <laughs> Someone, are we going to be doing weather? No. Um, we're going to talk about what that means, but what I want you to do right now is stand to your feet. We're going to read a passage of scripture, and as you do, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, about to get some Holy Spirit up in here. You can say it like that. Well, I'm going to read a passage from the book of Acts in the New Testament. I'll be on the screen. You can follow along. Here we go. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus, on hearing this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues or other languages and prophesied. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Uh, integrity is important to me as I was studying for this uh, message. A uh, pastor friend of mine had a... Had a talked about this subject we're going to talk about and I just it fit with everything I'd studied and prayed about and so I'm borrowing his outline I just always want to give credit where credit's due so just FYI well we're talking about the Holy Spirit for a few weeks uh, now you may have heard the phrase Holy Spirit and you kind of have some familiarity with that for others of you you may say the Holy what um and you may have been at a place like a wedding. Yesterday was a wedding right here on the stage, and the bride and the groom put the ring on each other's fingers, and I said, now repeat after me, with this ring I thee wed in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, maybe you've been baptized. You've been uh, see our baptism service. Next baptism will be in January. And we, we dunk, people, dunk people under the water, and we say, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you may have heard that phrase and wondered what in the world it is talking about. So we're going to kind of do an introduction today, and this passage kind of gives us an, an insight into the nature of the Holy Spirit, what we're going to talk about this morning, and uh, it sets us up and helps us begin to understand. Now, if you know your Bible, the first four books of the New Testament are known as the Gospels. It's the biography of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then the very next book in your Bible is what's called Acts, or the Acts of the Apostles. These are the acts, the, the, the deeds, done by the first disciples of Jesus that we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so it's a record of the beginning of what we know of as the church. You're sitting here today because of what happened in the book of Acts through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so there's this interesting scene, this passage we're reading in Acts chapter 19. We're decades now into the life of the church. And the Apostle Paul shows up 
and he asks these people who have heard about God, they've heard about Jesus, did you even know there, there was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And we'll put it back on the screen for you. And they answer in a way that's not uncommon today, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now this is honestly uh, still the case to get today. There are people, they're going to heaven, they love God, but they don't know in an experiential and real way the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, there are a lot of reasons for this. Uh, some people had some bad experiences with the Holy Spirit. If you grew up around church world kind of a, a, a setting for you in your growing up days, you may have had some bad experiences. Maybe you've been flipping on late night TV and you've seen one of those televangelists wearing a white suit, waving his coat, and people are falling, and you're thinking, what in the world is going on with that? Uh, there are some, uh, some bad theology that's been passed on about the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of you, when you read, I send an email every Saturday night, uh, just letting you know what's coming the next morning. Just hopefully it's something you'd read and it would help you and uh, a few links that will help you think and grow and as a follower of Jesus. And you may have read what I wrote last night about the Holy Spirit. And if you had a bad experience, you're probably thinking, oh no, I'm not sure what's getting ready to happen right now. Uh, because there's so much craziness that's been associated with the Holy Spirit, so you're afraid uh, that if you get into the Holy Spirit, you're either going to have to wear a whole lot of makeup or no makeup at all, right? It's like if you know what I'm talking about. Now, some of you on the other plane, you don't have the slightest idea. The holy what? I don't even know what you're talking about. So here's what I'm asking you to do. If you've ever decided to commit and be at a every week of a series, do it for this one. Commit to this. going to be a six-week series. Commit to the six weeks of this series. And what I, my goal is is to through the course of that series, to introduce you to the Holy Spirit, to do my best to kind of de-spookify and demystify and explain to you the nature and work of the Holy Spirit and why you need the Holy Spirit in your life as a follower of Jesus. And I want to lead you and I want to feed you. And that is my job, actually, as a pastor, is, uh, is to lead you and to feed you. Kind of the, the images of, a, of sheep on a hillside. And um, I'm, we've been, for the last four weeks, we've been grazing on the hillside of being a man and what it means to have a new code for a man who's love. And if you didn't get the, the man card, we still have some of those. You can put it on your mirror and read it every day for the next six months. I hope some of that stuck with you and became part of, is becoming part of your daily way you think about yourself as a man. So we fed on that hillside. Now we're going we're gonna to move over and we're going we're gonna to graze on the hillside of the Holy Spirit. And so here's what I'm asking for, okay? I'm asking that you would just give a blank page and, and you would, if you, even if you had some bad experiences or if you've had no experiences or if you have some, some preconceptions about what you think is going to happen when we talk about the Holy Spirit, that you would put aside all of those negative, uh, negative experiences and you would just, just kind of have a blank page and say, I'm open to what this might mean for my life because you, you desperately need the Holy Spirit in your life. So let me, in, let me do this. Let me introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, the, the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. If you've grown up around him, you may have heard someone say it. Uh, no, the, the Holy Spirit is a person. And so if we're going to understand the Holy Spirit and the nature of the Holy Spirit, it might be good to look at the word itself, spirit. What does that word even mean? Now, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a background. I think this might help you understand as we get to the end of this little portion of the message uh, to understand the Holy Spirit more. But when that, uh, that word spirit is translated in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the Old Testament was written in the language primarily of Hebrew and some in Aramaic uh, that are still spoken in Israel today. And then your New Testament was written in the language of Greek, what's spoken in Greece today. 
And so the translators had a challenge. The over 800 times that the word spirit is mentioned in the Bible, they had a challenge. They said, what are we going to, what are we going to, how are we going to translate this word? And I'll show you the word here in a second. And I want to suggest that they didn't quite get it right, and it hasn't been very helpful, and it's helped to uh, to make uh, the Holy Spirit a little bit of a mystery, more so of a mystery than it needs to be. So here's, let's start with the Old Testament. Here's the word. When you see the word spirit translated in the Old Testament, it is the Hebrew word ruach. Now to say that word correctly, you kind of have to say uh, like you have a, a piece of popcorn stuck in the back of your throat. So just say that with me, ready? Ruach, right? Here's what it means. A wind, a breath, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. So maybe you can see how the translators, the English translators, when they came across this word ruach in the Hebrew, they said, well, we can't say God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Breath. What are we going to do? How are we going to say that? Uh, this, this word ruach is actually used in the second verse in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, talking about creation and how God created the world. We'll put it on the screen for you. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness was uh, over the surface of the deep. And, uh, the, deep. and the, the ruach... Uh, translated there, the spirit, the breath, the, the creative breath of God was hovering over the waters. When you go to the New Testament and you look at the word spirit translated in the New Testament, it's the Greek word pneuma. Uh, the P here is silent. It's where we get the word pneumatic, you know, air-powered. And it means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. So you can again see how the translators said, well, how are we going to say this? We can't say God the Father, God the Son, God the Air. What are we going to do? So what they did is they, they made a decision and they said, well, you know, when a, when a person's breath leaves them and they die, we say that person's spirit has left them. So we'll just put the word spirit in there. And that's not, not totally wrong, but I want to suggest that it might have helped us to miss the nature of the person of the Holy Spirit. Here's one of the many places that that word pneuma is used in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus says it in John chapter 6. He says, the words that I've spoken to you, we have have those words recorded in the Bible. See, your Bible. The words that I've spoken to you, they are pneuma, they are a breath, and they are life. They they give life to you. The, The implication there is that it gives life to you. So when you read the scriptures, I don't know if you've had this experience. I've had this again and again and again. I read all the time. I read all kinds of things from all different places, all different people, people I don't agree with. But I've never had anything happen to me like happens to me when I regularly read the Bible. And I get life breathed into me when I read the words of God. This is, Jesus said, because the Spirit is at work. Now, I, I want this for you. I want you to have life in you. I don't want your Christianity to be something that's rote. I don't want it to be something that's memorized or stale. I want you to have life. I want you to have breath and air inside of your life and your Christian experience. So, uh, in order to help us kind of understand the nature of the Holy Spirit, it might be helpful if we look at the kind of the characteristics of wind in the natural world, and that might help us see some parallels about the Holy Spirit. And so what I hope happens is that you begin to get comfortable with the Holy Spirit. You see that the Holy Spirit's not out to make you into a weird person. Uh, So you don't have to resist or be scared of, but you begin to desperately want what the Holy Spirit would bring into your life. So let's let's look at some of the characteristics of wind, and we'll we'll see what that how that applies to the Holy Spirit. Well, the first thing that wind is is wind is unseen. Uh, You don't see the wind. You're going to walk outside today. It's hot today, and hopefully, when you walk outside, you'll catch a breeze. 
and it'll blow. And you know what you'll say when you, especially on a hot day when the wind blows and you go under a tree and the leaves or air's moving in the tree. You know what you go, you say, oh, that feels so good. You know, if you're with somebody, they go, oh, that does feel nice. But if you're sitting in a service like this and you talk to someone who maybe wasn't here or they didn't have the same experience, you go and you go, didn't you feel that today? Didn't it feel so nice? And they may look at you and go, what's wrong with you? I didn't feel anything. What, what are you, some kind of freak? What, what, what's going on with you? you know, th- there's something, un- when you, it's, it's unseen, but you feel it, right? I, I want, did you know that God's presence is meant to be felt? Now, I, I don't want you to run on your feelings. I don't want to base your, your Christian experience on your feelings. But it's not bad to feel what you're running on, right? Don't you want to f- feel the presence of God whenever? It, did you know that the presence of God is available to you to be felt by you every time you worship? Maybe you didn't know that. And th- this is honestly, it's my prayer for you every week. I, I, when I, I drive my house, it takes about 10 minutes to get here. Uh, on my way here on a Sunday morning, I pray this same prayer every week. I pray it for you. I say, come Holy Spirit. It's a three-word prayer. And I add a few words. I say, come Holy Spirit. There are some people who are coming in today and they're so dry. And they need some, they're, they're, they, they're stuck dead in the water and they need some wind in their sails. So would you come Holy Spirit and meet us? I pray that for you every, every single week. Because here's my goal. My goal is not that you come and you hear a great song. My goal is not that you come and hear the fantastic preaching you get every week. That was a joke. Um, you, 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 I'm not, that's not, my goal is that you come and you experience God's presence. I, I have no other word for it. I've had this word for a long time. I call it the holy moment. I hope you have a holy moment every week. It might be a song. It might be something that's said where you just pause and you know that there is something more there than what you can put into words. And you go, oh, God is here. And that's what I want for you every single week. Now, Jesus had a conversation with his disciples about this uh, in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. We'll put a passage here from John chapter 14 on the screen. And, And he's talking there about how he's getting ready to leave. He knows he's about to be crucified. He knows he's about to be captured and and killed for what he's trying to do and the message he's spreading. And, and he, the vast majority of that conversation he has with his disciples is about the Holy Spirit. He tells them, you're not going to be alone, and I'm going to send the Spirit, a comforter that's going to help you. And this is, this is how it says. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Some translations say a comforter or a counselor. And this is his job, to help you and to be with you forever. Not weird you out and spook you but to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Uh, now, that advocate, word that advocate there that's, uh, that's translated is two Greek words, and it means uh, to call something alongside so that it can help. Uh, I'll give you an illustration of this. When uh, Many of you know that when I was 16, my mom uh, died of cancer, and uh, when we had the visitation, if you know how that goes with a funeral, there's a visitation and form a line, and people come by and give you their condolences and Maybe you've been to one of those or been through one of those. Uh, now, when you're on the side of the family that's going through that, it's a pretty overwhelming emotional experience. It's honestly like a fog, and you honestly don't really remember the things that people say. Uh, you just remember this kind of vague, emotional, overwhelming experience. And the day that that happened, one of my friends from out of state that where we lived before we moved to, uh, to Dallas, Texas, came and f- flew there. And all I remember, I don't remember anything anyone said. I remember the room. I remember the people coming by. I don't remember a word someone uttered to me. You know what I remember? My friend came alongside me, stood beside me, and helped me. 
This is the image of the Holy Spirit. Someone that would come alongside you and help you and be with you through the darkest moments of your life and through the best moments of your life. This is the job of the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus goes on. He says, but the world cannot accept him. In other words, if you go out of here and you talk about the Holy Spirit and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you love the Holy Spirit, people are going to go, what kind of weirdo are you? Because <laughs> the world does not understand that. Uh, the world neither sees him nor knows him. Most of us are comfortable what we, we can see with our own eyes and understand with our own minds. But you know him, Jesus says, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now listen, I know some of you come in here and you come in from your week and it has been dry. And you feel dead in the water. I know because you tell me. And you will come and you will say, you know what? I just, I feel so, you use this word. I feel so refreshed. Or you'll say something like, how did you know I was going through that? How did you say that to me? I say, I don't know. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the job of the Holy Spirit to do that. And you come and you get wind in your sails, right? Because the wind, the wind is unseen, but you still feel it. Well, what else is wind like? Uh, wind, is, uh, wind is unpredictable. Uh, wind will shift on you. It's why when you go to the airport, you see that, that wind sock that blows in the wind, you know, that little triangle-shaped orange thing. And what happens is the air traffic controllers can look at that at any point and get real-time data on which way the wind is blowing, and they can direct the air traffic to on, land on the right runway and not get caught in the cross currents of the wind. And, and this is, th but this is, wind, wind is unpredictable. Now, if you like God orderly and you like to understand everything about God, when you get into understanding the Holy Spirit, you're going to be very, very uncomfortable because God is unpredictable. There's a, there's a predictable nature to God. Like, we even have a statement of faith talking about, uh, you know, what we believe and what we understand, and, and Christians have had creeds that they've uttered. But, but there's, so, there's, so on that stable basis, we also have the unpredictability of God. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, when, or how it's going to happen. And, and what you'll find as you go through the Bible is you'll find that God rarely does the same thing in the same way every time. I think the reason for that is so that we don't end up worshiping the way it happened and stop worshiping the God who made it happen, right? Because I, I, I'll tell you, there, there are plenty of people, especially with regard to the Holy Spirit, um, who get, have an experience in a certain way and they, or a certain practice, and they've birthed a whole movement or a whole denomination or a whole group, and they'll say, well, it happened for me like this, and if it didn't happen for you like this, then you didn't get it. You didn't get the Holy Spirit because you didn't do whatever we say, whatever dog hoop you're supposed to jump, you didn't jump through it. Well, did you know that God only spoke to someone through a burning bush one time in the Bible? I don't think that's a mistake. I think Moses could have said, well, you know, uh, listen, people, if he was preaching to you today, you've got to have your own burning bush moment. Did you see a burning bush? Well, then you didn't get God. No, no. God doesn't want us to worship the system. He wants us to worship him. In fact, we got the name for this series from this passage. This is how Jesus said it. Uh, Jesus said, the wind, the, the pneuma, that's the word translated there, blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. You know, it's Cotton Eye Joe. Where did it come from? Where did it go? So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You didn't know he got that from there. Yeah, there you go. A, a man came to Jesus one time, and he had a friend who was blind, and he didn't even really ask Jesus to heal the man. He just said, hey, Jesus, do the, do the hand thing, because he'd seen Jesus put hands on people and they're healed. Jesus instantly knew that the man thought it, 
The power was in the hands and how you did it. And so instead, Jesus spit in the mud and rubbed it on the man's eyes, and the man's eyes were open. Now, if you're the friend, you put your, it's, it, the Bible's funny. If you put yourself in the story and you see how things go, just imagine if you brought a friend that didn't know what this was all about, and you were expecting one thing, and someone spits on the ground and puts mud in their eyes and rubs on them, you would be like, oh, my word, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh, what are you doing, Jesus? What was Jesus doing? He's like, he doesn't want the man to worship the system. He wants the man to worship him. So we have to, you have to be careful at how you, you put God into a box and say, this is how God has to do the things that he does. Or you have to, you have to be careful that you don't put, say, well, I, I'm only open to the things that my brain can understand. Well, you've just limited God to your brain. Now, we need in America, especially where we are as a country and how divided we are and just how we're just increasingly polarized. Everything I read just talks about how we're just increasingly polarized. We need some sort of reviving of, of a different kind of spirit in our country. But I, honestly, it's not going to come because we get our systems and structures right. It's going to come because of the presence of God. It's going to come because we have the spirit. It's not going to become a, a, a specific song or a specific sermon. It's, it's going to come because of the spirit of God that moves in in an unpredictable way. Well, we also know that wind is powerful, right? It can generate electricity. It can move a ship. We've seen the power of wind. It can, we've seen that it can level cities and islands. I found a picture of, of a crazy weatherman in one of the hurricanes uh, in 100-plus mile-an-hour winds being stupid. Don't do this at home, right? Wind is incredibly powerful. As a kid growing up in Nebraska, that's Tornado Alley, I remember so many times the sirens would go off and we would go down to the basement. Why? Because we knew wind was powerful. It had the power to tear things apart. Well, here's what I know. Many, many of you are going through things that you cannot fix in your life. And you don't have the power that you need. But the Holy Spirit can give you the power that you need. This is how uh, the beginning chapter of the book of Acts records the Holy Spirit. This is a promise to you, okay? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Well, if that's the case, then come on on me then. I got things in my life I don't have the power to fix. And so for some of you today, it is, it is mission critical that you tap into a power source that you don't have for your marriage, for your kids, for your emotions, for your faith itself. It is mission critical that you tap into the power and you get some fresh wind in your sails. Well, this is maybe my favorite thing about wind. Uh, wind, is, uh, wind is refreshing. You're going to go outside today, and it's been hot, and you're going you're gonna to roll the windows down, and you're going to turn the air on, and you're going to pull out of the parking lot, and that wind is going to come blowing through, and it's going to feel so good. You need to understand that when the Bible paints a picture of the Holy Spirit, it's always that refreshing things would come into your life, and that you would be refreshed. Paul says it like this. He says, listen, there's not an eye that's seen or an ear that's heard or a mind that's conceived what God has prepared 
in advance for those who love him. But God is revealing it to us by his pneuma, by his spirit. He's telling us the things that he has prepared in advance for us. So that's why I'm asking you, just go on this journey with me for the next six weeks. Commit to being here every week. Now, I, I had this experience growing up. If, I, I don't know if you grew up in, in church or not, but I had this experience growing up where uh, I kind of was sent the message that you're not really supposed to mess with the Holy Spirit and that you're not really supposed to be around people who mess with the Holy Spirit because they're weird. They're like, I, I, the message that got sent to me was like, they're like your crazy cousin. You got a crazy cousin, right? I got crazy cousins. You, you got a crazy cousin, you're like, oh, you know that cousin. And, and the message that got sent to me was like, <laughs> if you're around people who are, who are in the Holy Spirit, moving in the Holy Spirit, they're crazy, and you're going to be crazy too, so you need to stay away from it. Here's what I realized. Here's what I realized. When, when I realized how ignorant I had been for the majority of my Christian life, I realized what they were telling me in saying, stay away from the people who are about the Holy Spirit. They were telling me, stay away from God. And I, I got to tell you, I want everything that God has for me in my life. I want absolutely all of it. I don't want to miss out on a piece of it. Just because someone somewhere had a bad experience or, or, or twisted how the Holy Spirit works or, or made the Holy Spirit this fantastical being that we could never approach or understand. I want everything the Holy Spirit has. I want everything that God has for me. And I want everything that God has for you. I don't want you to miss out on a single thing. I, I, here's, my, here's my request to you. I want you to catch your breath. This is how Paul says it. He says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most, listen, intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't, listen, this is the message. Don't take such a gift for granted. Well, I didn't know. Okay, well, then now you know. Don't take it for granted. Well, how do you do that, Scott? Thank you for asking. Let me give you three, three things that you can do uh, to let the Holy Spirit in your life. And this is the first thing is you've got to let go of your fears and misperceptions. You're going to have your own thing. Maybe you don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And you need to be open to something that you don't know about. Maybe you've had bad experience about the Holy Spirit and you need to let go of some of that. I, I've had things I've had to overcome. You're going to have things you're going to have to overcome. And I'm, I'm not even telling you to trust me. Okay, I'm going to go through, I'm going to show you through the scriptures for this next six weeks what the Holy, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit will do in your life, how, what it will mean for you when you walk with the Holy Spirit and in step with the Holy Spirit. I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to trust God. Here's how Proverbs chapter 3 is worded in, in the message translation. I want you to read the very first two words right there. Ready? Out loud. Ready? Trust God, right? Trust God. From the bottom of your heart, don't try to figure out everything on your own. So what I want you to do is, with a blank page, just be open to what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not going to make you into a, a weirdo. He's not going to require you to wear a white suit and travel around holding tent revivals. I mean, it's not, it's not, that's not what the Holy Spirit's going to ask you to do. So you got to let go of your fears and misperceptions, but then you also got to you, you go all in. Now, I, I, I gotta, I'm saying this to you. I want you to go all in. And I, I've got in this subject here, I've got a, like a pastor soapbox that I want to pull out. So if you just excuse me for a minute, I'm going to get on my pastor soapbox, okay? And I'm going to talk to you about this for a second. Because when we talk about going all in, uh, some of us don't quite understand what that means. And so what happens is some people, 
they say, you know, I want, I want everything that God has for me, and I'm going to go all in. Oh, I want everything that God has for me, so I'm going to show up every six weeks, and I'm going to read the Bible every now and again, and, but I want everything God has for me, right? <laughs> I, and I just, again, my soapbox, I'm, forgive me, okay? I don't even understand how you do that. How do you go halfway in or a quarter of the way in and want everything that's coming to you? How do you even do that? When I first understood what Jesus wanted in my life, I was a teenager, and I just, I just thought I was supposed to be in the church building every time the doors were open, so I just was. And back in that day, we had these things in the back of the, of the seats uh, called hymnals, and that's where you sang out of. There were no projected words. And I took a hymnal home, and I would read the words of the hymns, and I would cry. I would cry over what I was like. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Why? Because I wanted to go all in. I don't know how you go halfway and get all that God has. I, I, don't, I, just, I simply don't know how you do that. In fact, Jeremiah said it this way. He said, this is God to us, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with some of your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me once a month on Sunday, right? You will seek me and find me when you seek me on Sunday mornings at 11. No, no. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. I just want you to go all in. Go all in. Don't, don't be halfway. Don't, don't, don't do that. It doesn't work. You won't get all that God has if you don't give all, God all of you. Go all in. D decide for, from now to Christmas, you're going all in. I'm going to go all in. And here's a prayer that will change your life. God, if you have it, I want it. No question asked. God, if you have it, say it with me. God, if you have it, I want it. No questions asked. One more time. God, if you have it, I want it. No questions asked. You pray that prayer and you mean it, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. You go all in. This is the third thing, is you've got to develop an intimate, what the Bible calls an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Now, God the Father has a role. God the Son has a role. God, the Holy Spirit has a role, and, and actually all three of those roles are found, uh, are, are put together in, in one verse in the Bible. It's a benediction in one of the letters that Paul wrote to the Christians in Corinth. Let me, let me give it to you, and this, this is my prayer for you. I'll read it to you in two different uh, uh, translations. Here's, here it is in the NIV. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Wouldn't it be great if you had all three of those things? Here's how, here's how the message says it. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the, what, what is it? The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now listen, I, here's my fear, is that for many of you, you're going to know God the Father, and you're going to know God the Son, but you're not going to experience God the Holy Spirit. And you're not going to get everything out of your Christian journey that you, God means for you to have. And, and here's the reality for many of you. Um, you need to know that God the Father, you need, you need to know this. You need to know God the Father loves me. You need to figure out and settle in your heart that God, God loves me. That when God thinks about you, when he opens up his iPhone, your picture is on the lock screen. <laughs> when he goes to the refrigerator and opens the door, there's your picture on it. Hanging in his office is the artwork you did in kindergarten. Loves you. Loves you, loves you, loves you. He just wants to communicate to you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Now, some of you, you had bad experiences with your own father. 
and it's made it so hard for you to accept the love of God, I want you to understand that was an act of the devil to keep you from understanding the deep love of God for you. That God loves you even when you mess up. Did you know when, I, when my kids mess up, that's when they need me the most? I don't go, now you're not my kid anymore. I go, okay, you really need me now. And so for some of you, you just need to know that God the Father loves you. Some of you need to know that God the Son saved you. Thank God for Jesus. The grace of Jesus that he paid a price that I couldn't pay. He paid a debt I couldn't pay. But for many of us, our experience of God stops right there. You know, God the Father loves me, and Jesus, God the Son, saves me. And, and that's why I wanted you to give me five more weeks, because there's a role for the Holy Spirit to play in your life, and that's that the God the Holy Spirit is with me. And you need, you're, you're like a sailboat with no wind. You're in the doldrums. You know, that's an expression we use to say when someone just isn't feeling it. But it actually comes from a real thing. Back when, before there were motorized boats, there's a path along the equator that's known as the doldrums, where the trade winds of the north and the trade winds of the south kind of cancel each other out. And if you were accidentally sailed into the doldrums, you were going to die there because there was no wind. And you walked in today and you say, I've got to have some wind. And the Holy Spirit is with you to put wind in your sails. And you need it. You need, you need the ruach. You need the pneuma. You need a blast of fresh air. You need to catch your breath you need in your marriage, in your emotions with your kids. You need the Holy Spirit. And it's so simple. Next week, I'm going to teach you a very simple prayer about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you have to be here next week to hear. <laughs> but I would just invite you, would, if you would, just to, to bow your head in prayer. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit in. So now, Holy Spirit, we want you to take us on this journey. We want to seek you with all of our heart. We don't want to go 10% of the way in. We don't want to go 80% of the way in, 95% of the way in. We want to go, go 100% in. And we want to develop an intimate friendship with you, Holy Spirit. So we want, you to, we want all of you, we want all of you to come down to all. We don't want any part of you left out. We don't want to know you as just the Father and the Son. We want to know you as the Spirit who refreshes and empowers us. We want to know that. So we want all of you, and we want you to come all the way in. We want you to blow through every part of our life and not leave anything untouched. And then, God, we want you to go all the way through us. We want to see the impact that you can have on someone else's life through us because we, we're available to your spirit. We want that so badly. So for some of you this morning, you don't have a relationship with God the Father or the Son. You're estranged or you've walked away. Maybe you were touched when I talked about how much God loves you. You're carrying shame and guilt, and you need to receive Jesus this morning. Here's what I want you to do. Just, just no one's looking around. Just, if that's you, just slip your hand up and back down. Would you do that? Say, I need Jesus in my life. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So God, now, thanks that you take us where we are. 
and we're asking uh, for your Holy Spirit to come and take up residence in our hearts, in our minds, in our hands, in our feet, in our emotions. We want, we want all of your power through all of us. So we ask for that in your name. All God's people said, amen. I want to invite you to stand with me. Our prayer team will be down front, and we're going to end a little differently today. I know we're just we're kind of a little over than what we normally do. But I'm going to invite you to just kind of continue. This is a song that Tim wrote just for this series about the Holy Spirit. He'll sing that. And if you want to come down, I'll ask our prayer team to go ahead and come on down uh, front now, if you would. And you want to, you want someone to pray with you about something? They would love to do that. If you just need that or would like that, they would love to do that for you. Um, you can stay and sit and kind of soak in the atmosphere. And so if you're not going to stay, thanks for being here today. Uh, we love you. Just if you could leave quietly as you go and, and kind of keep this, this atmosphere going. We want to make it available for people to receive and experience the Holy Spirit in a new and a fresh way today, okay? So you're sent now to receive the power of the Holy Spirit that enables you to love God and to love people and to serve the world in Jesus' name. You're dismissed.